Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this Thanksgiving Eve. Beautiful day today, getting ready for Turkey Day tomorrow. I saw some of you guys. I covered for Birds 365 today. Unfortunately, John McMullen having a little bit of travel issues trying to get home from Kansas City. Let's hope he makes it by Thanksgiving tomorrow. But got a great show scheduled for today. Kayla Santiago will be joining the show shortly around 10 20 like she does every single Wednesday want to talk to her about the Eagles and get her opinion on our 76ers who dropped another one last night we'll talk about that and we'll take a little look ahead to the Buffalo Bills game on Sunday no show tomorrow guys we're going to spend the day with our families enjoying Thanksgiving so no show tomorrow but we'll be back on Friday well, let's get a little roll call in the chat. I see some of my Power Hour crew already here. I saw some of you guys last night at the Legal Hands to the Face show. If you missed it, 90 minutes talking to Eagles. Guest Mark Farzetta, guest Dr. Chris Radcliffe talking about some injuries. So be sure to check that out. That video is still up. But let's get a little roll call. I see Niners all damn day. First one in the chat. You got to be kidding me. Starting his trolling early today. James Jones, good morning. Twiz. Good morning to you, BSing Sports, Brian Davis, James Jones, Stephen Patton, Vince Engelking, Wheels, Wine Niner Wine, Jim G, Chuck Hutton. Good morning to everybody. Happy to see everybody here. Happy Thanksgiving. So let's take a quick look. Don't want to spend too much time talking Sixers before Kayla gets here. We'll talk a little bit of Sixers with her. But the Sixers lose last night in the NBA Cup, dropping their NBA in-season tournament record to 2-2, two and two, most likely eliminating them from the NBA Cup. And I'm a Sixers fan, but I'm a little bit happy that they're eliminated from this because you guys know what my theory was on this. I did not like it. I did not want to see the Philadelphia 76ers win the NBA Cup and see Joel Embiid holding up that trophy like we actually won something. Because what we want is an NBA championship, not some made-up in-season championship. So I always root for the Sixers. I was rooting for them last night. But a part of me is just a little bit relieved that we're most likely not going to see Joel Embiid holding up an in-season championship but curious what your guys thoughts are in the chat good morning to bobby murphy godfrey wilson in the house tim Olean, the courts were so bad to watch on the eyes that is another benefit to them being eliminated from the nba cup thank god we'll never have to see that damn red court again and i didn't even like the atlanta atlanta hawks court that light blue i know some people like that i didn't like any of these basketball courts. But the Sixers, at one point last night, were down 18. 
and to the Cavs, and they battled back, end up losing in overtime, and Bede fouls out at the end of that game. Maxi misses two threes in an attempt to tie that game, but they fall. We'll talk to the, Kayla Santiago about that. Tonight, our Philadelphia Flyers are back on the court, looking to make it six straight. They got the New York Islanders. I know Wine Niners Wine is a big hockey fan in the chat, and there he is. Let's get that hockey talk going. Flyers don't suck. No, they do not. Philadelphia Flyers are playing some really good hockey. I know we have some Flyers fans in the chat, not only Wine Niners Wine, but they are playing some really good hockey, second in the Metropolitan Division. You've heard me say it before, Travis Sanheim playing really well on the defensive end. Owen Tippett, Cam Atkinson, Travis Konechny, Farabee. These guys are playing hard, man. They are playing hard. They're playing some good hockey. You're seeing some of the young guys contribute. Tortorella's got them well coached. So be sure to check that out tonight if you're not at the bars on Thanksgiving Eve. Anybody go out still tonight? Tonight used to be the biggest night out of the year was the night before Thanksgiving. I'm getting old, though, man. I stay in now. A couple years ago, I changed. I, last year I went out was two years ago. I went out on Thanksgiving Eve. And it's just so crowded. It's almost like New Year's Eve with it's just like amateur night. Everybody's in the bars. Everybody's out. I'm getting too old, man. I'd rather sit home. I'd rather sit home. So I'm going to watch a little hockey tonight for sure. Flyers, Islanders. But I see more people checking in. Chuck Hutton, Torts is an outstanding coach. He really is. Philly 007 checking in. The Blonde Boy checking in. James Jones going out tonight. Chuck Hutton saying it's a big pizza night. Tonight is a good night for pizza because I know my fiance's got a lot of prep work to do for tomorrow's Thanksgiving dinner. wonder if she's here. She usually checks in in the chat, but I haven't seen her check in yet. But, yeah, she's got a lot of prep work to do. We're hosting Thanksgiving tomorrow. So I'll get your guys' favorite food items towards the end of the show. We'll ask Kayla, too, what her favorite Thanksgiving food item is. But let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about our Philadelphia Eagles. And I was just on Birds 365 with Jody Mack, and I brought this up, and I'm curious why you guys feel this happens as well. Why does Nick Sirianni not get the respect that I think he deserves on a national level? You look at what the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to do over the last two seasons, and Nick Sirianni is the head coach of that team. They are 26-2 and in their last 28 games. They have held or shared the best record in the NFL since week one of 2022. And Nick Sirianni is one of six coaches since the 1970 merger to lead his team to nine and one back-to-back seasons. You know who the other five coaches are that have done that? Tony Dungy, Mike Shanahan, Marv Levy, George Seifert, and Don Shula. That is the company that Nick Sirianni is sharing right now. But yet, doesn't get the respect on the national level. Is number five in Coach of the Year rankings. They got Dan Campbell, D'Amico Ryans, Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell ahead of Nick Sirianni in the odds for coach of the year. And I see some people in the chat, 
and I've had some comments on my Instagram page at Legal Hands to the Face. Make sure you're following. Say, oh, he's got all the talent in the world. It's all about the talent. There have been other coaches in this league throughout history who have had good talent, who don't win every single week. This team continues to defy all of the odds and keeps winning football games. No matter if they're faced with adversity, no matter if they're down by 10 points on the road in Arrowhead Stadium against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they continue to win football games. And I do not think that it can be overstated the culture that Nick Sirianni has brought to this Eagles team. I've said it before. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. The culture that Nick Sirianni has brought to this team is the main reason why they continue to win football games. Yes, you need talent. There is no doubt about it. You need talent in this league. You need a good quarterback like Jalen Hurts to win in this league. But the reason that this team has continued to win at the clip they are winning is because of the culture that was brought here by Nick Sirianni. And I really, truly believe that the reason he doesn't get the respect on a national level is because some of the things he does on the sidelines. And you saw it again in Kansas City. I love it. As a Philadelphia fan, I love it. But I could see how it rubs other teams, other coaches, and some people in the national media the wrong way. You saw it when he's leaving the field at Arrowhead Stadium, yelling to the Kansas City Chiefs fans, telling them to go home, saying goodbye, telling them I'm not hearing you talk any smack now. That's who Sirianni's is. And maybe it rubs people the wrong way, but not here. Not here in Philadelphia. We love it. And I think the reason that we love it and the players love it and it works is because it really is who Nick Sirianni is. He's not pretending to be somebody. This is genuine. Players in the NFL will see through BS. Sirianni, what you see is what you get with him, and that's who he is as a person, and I love it, man. I love it. And just keeps adding to the disrespect that we think we get as a Philadelphia fan base is that Nick Sirianni still doesn't get recognized on a national level. But none of us will need him to get recognized on a national level if he's able to hold up that Lombardi trophy, hopefully this February, and prove all the haters wrong. And I see some people in the chat checking in. Let's see what you guys are saying about Nick Sirianni. There it is. King Eagle. Spot on. It's simple. Sirianni's personality rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I agree. What else we got? Philly 007. Sirianni has that swagger. The blonde boy. The rest of the football world treats Philly like the ugly duckling. New Jersey Fishing Maniac wants me to flip him the bird for the birds. Not going to do it, New Jersey Fishing Maniac. I saw you on Bird 365 asking for it. But also says, Nick rules. Wheels, he's Italian and very emotional. As an Eagles fan, I love it. James Jones, Nick is Howie's juice box boy. You see, I can't agree with that. You could have all of the talent in the world if you don't have good coaching you're not going to win football games. You still have to be able to game plan. But even more importantly than that, 
You have to be able to handle adversity when things aren't going your way. And you've seen the Eagles able to do that week after week, putting up some of the numbers that they're putting up, which we talked about yesterday, is like high school numbers. 26 out of 28 regular season games, you're winning. You have to be a good coach. You have to, to be able to put up numbers like that. And there's Bridget Tobin checking in. We were just talking about you. Not sure if you missed it, that you got a lot of prep work to do for a big Thanksgiving tomorrow here at the house. But Bridget Tobin checking in in the chat. We're talking about Nick Sirianni. But let me read you some of these other stats about Jalen Hurts because we talk about how impressive the 26-2 and record is. Hold on, I'm looking at Brian Lippincott. They still talk about Nick's first pressure, just like Santa that happened in 1950s. <laughs> yeah. The players respect him, and that's all I need to know about him. Damn right. But I'm talking about 26-2. and two. I talked to you about the company that Nick Sirianni is in since the 1970 merger, going 9-1 and one in back-to-back seasons. But listen to some of these Jalen Hurts stats. Jalen Hurts, 13 straight wins. Versus teams with winning records in the regular season. He is the only quarterback to do that since 1950. Think about all of the great quarterbacks that have played in this league. None of them have ever won 13 straight against teams with winning records in the regular season. That's incredible. He becomes only the fourth quarterback since 1950 to win 26 games in 28 attempts. He joins Tom Brady, Jim McMahon, and Joe Montana. I got more hurt stats. He's 13-1 and in his last 14 road games. He now has the most rushing touchdowns ever by a quarterback in his first four seasons, passing Cam Newton. And they're still... A lot of games left. He's going to shatter that record. This one comes from Jeff Kerr over at CBS. Hertz has now won seven straight games when trailing by 10 or more points. Since they started tracking that in 1991, no other quarterback has more than four. Think about that. In 32 years. No quarterback has won more than four straight games when trailing by 10 or more. Hertz has done it seven straight times. That's what this team does. In the face of adversity, this culture, and it's Sirianni, and it's Hertz, and it's this leadership group, never stops playing. They find ways to win. And you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, when they've been tied or trailing this year, and it's mind-blowing. He's got a completion percentage of 72% when they're tied or trailing. He's thrown for 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, only one interception, and a rating of 113.4. And he's also thrown in over 200 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. We talked about it last week on the show. Is there a duo you'd rather have in the NFC than Jalen Hurts 
and Nick Sirianni, it's not even close, man. Not even close. There is no duo in the NFC better than Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. None. But Sirianni still doesn't get the credit he deserves. And we've talked about why. Is it talent? And people say, hey, he's got all the talent in the world. Andy Reid, future Hall of Fame coach. Didn't he have the dream team in Philadelphia? All that talent that year on the team? And what'd they do? It's not just about talent. Yes, you need talent to be successful. But talent alone is not going to win you football games. The other coaches in this league are way too good. Way too good. You have to be able to game plan. You have to keep your team focused. You have to keep your team together. And Nick Sirianni does it better than anybody. The culture on this team is the strongest I have seen on a Philadelphia Eagles team since I've been following them. Andy Reid was a good coach. Don't get me wrong. Dougie P started building a good culture. But what Sirianni has done in his three years here, I've never seen before with how strong this culture is. And I see Niners all damn day in the chat, of course, saying he would take Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy over Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. And that's why no one respects your opinions because you're just too much of a homer right now, Niners. Not saying Shanahan's a bad coach. Not saying Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback. But you can't say that you would take those two guys over Sirianni and Hurts. And we're going to find out in a couple weeks. We're going to find out again in a couple weeks. But before that, Philadelphia Eagles have a big game on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. And I talked about this on the Instagram today at Legal Hands to the Face saying, are you concerned about it being a short week? About maybe being a little bit of a letdown game for the Eagles? Maybe they look past the Bills because they're so excited to make Niners all damn day eat his words and beat the Niners next week. Short week, Monday night game, Thanksgiving on Thursday. But I don't feel that this team is susceptible to short weeks or trap games. They just continuously win football games, and I'm not concerned about it. But we're going to be joined by Kayla Santiago after the break. We'll talk a little bit of Eagles, a little bit of Sixers, and the question of the day, what's her favorite food item outside of turkey tomorrow on Thanksgiving? So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back with Kayla Santiago. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Thanksgiving Eve. And like we're joined every Wednesday, Kayla Santiago. What up, Kayla? How are you? How you doing? Uh, happy to be here. Excited after our big Eagles win. And hopefully the Sixers can redeem themselves after last night as well. Man, we'll talk about the Sixers, but let's keep it positive to start. How excited were you? We watched the games together down in Atlantic City at the Ocean Casino doing our Jacob Sports game day shows. How fired up were we and surprised after the way that first half went that the Eagles pulled out that victory? Yeah, I was definitely surprised. And you come out of that win and you say, okay, a victory has it, a win is a win. But then you kind of look back and you actually, you know, take that side of just the game reaction from the game. You say, the Eagles gave up no points in the second half against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, which is really unheard of for any defensive coordinator, as well as Jalen Hurts. Did he have his best game? Probably not, but he made the plays when it matters, and that's why he's the perfect quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He made those huge plays to Devontae Smith. They were able to help him out just a little bit. The run game was here and there, but at the end of the day, Jalen showed up when he needed to, and that's what mattered most. I was surprised that they were able to hold on but thank goodness they did, because this would be a much different conversation if they didn't. 
all they do is win regular season games. 26-2 and two now together in their last 28 games, Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. Talked a little bit about this on Birds 365 today with Jody. Was talking a little bit about it before you joined the show. But I want your opinion on why do you think Nick Sirianni, although they're winning games at an unbelievable clip, does not get the same respect nationally that he should probably get as a head coach? I think it's because there's a lot of difference in the coaching staff this year. I think a lot of people are saying, okay, well, everybody's blaming Brian Johnson at the moment, but is it really Brian Johnson or is it Nick Sirianni? I also think it would be a different conversation if he won the Super Bowl last year. He loses the Super Bowl. It was a fantastic game. But you kind of look at this season, and I think that he honestly just has a lot to prove. I mean, you know, you look at guys in different positions. For example, Joe Burrow just a few years back. He brings a team to the Super Bowl, and then the next year they're competing in the playoffs. I think that's what everybody needs to see from Nick Sirianni. Looking at the Eagles and following them from last year to this year, we know the respect that Nick Sirianni deserves. We see him each and every week that he should get more credit for putting this team together. But the national media, everybody nationally, they're not going to until it's said, okay, Nick Sirianni can make this team have a serious playoff run. I think it will happen, especially because I think the NFC is a little bit less competitive than the AFC. I think it can work out in the Eagles' favor, but I don't think he gets that unless he gets as far as he did or maybe even just a step back from last season. I think to them he's got a lot to prove still. I'm going to ask you the same question I posed last week. Not the entire NFL, but just the NFC. Is there a coach in the NFC right now that you would take over Nick Sirianni to coach the Philadelphia Eagles? Absolutely not. And I say that not only because of the success he's had with the Philadelphia Eagles, but also you look at this city, you look at these players, you look at everything it represents. And I think you come to Philadelphia and you say, you can't only be a good head coach. It's not going to work out for everybody. You really need to buy into that system. You need to buy into these guys. You need to buy into the culture. Nick Sirianni does that because you see on the sidelines if Jalen Hurts makes a bad play, Nick Sirianni is all over him. If he makes a good play, Nick Sirianni is like a fan in the stands cheering it on. He's super excited. And listen, I get it's football. I get it's a job. I get it's a business. But that stuff for Philadelphia, it matters. To be able to embrace yourself in that culture and really go out there and push these guys is absolutely huge. And I think last year, you look at Shane Steichen, very good offensive coordinator. You look at Nick Sirianni this year. Brian Johnson, listen, he's he's a new offensive coordinator. It's the first time he's in this position. I think a lot of people, including myself, are very, very hard on him. But Nick Sirianni is having to work with him and saying, listen, we've got all this talent. We've got to figure this out some way, somehow. And Sirianni has been able to do that. Yes, it hasn't been pretty on the offensive side of things, but they've been able to win games. And that all starts from the top up with Nick Sirianni. Nailed it. I think there is no coach better suited to coach in the city of Philadelphia than Nick Sirianni. We absolutely love it. And I said it before you came on. The best thing about it is it's genuine. He's not pretending to be somebody he's not. That is who he is, and that's why I think it works so well, not only with the fan base, but with the locker room. These players want to play for a guy when he's as emotional as Nick Sirianni, and it's coming from a real place. And on Monday night, Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles beat one of the best to ever do it in Andy Reid, and I've talked about this before, it's crazy how Andy Reid's career has almost come full cycle here. Early on in Philadelphia, great defense, great defensive coordinator in Jim Johnson, good quarterback, but no wide receivers. And now you look at Kansas City, great defense, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. 
No wide receivers. Were you surprised that the Kansas City Chiefs didn't make a better move to bring in a receiver that could help that offense this year? I am very surprised, but I also think they're so gung-ho on the two guys that they have, and that's Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, their run game we saw can definitely put up numbers when they need to. But I think in this league, especially in the AFC, which is a little bit more competitive than the NFC this year, it's going to be really tough for Kansas City to win without those receivers. Because, look, Travis Kelsey's not going to have the game that he had last week. Was it because Taylor Swift wasn't there? I don't really know, but I do think it's just because Travis Kelsey did not have the game that he's standard to. He's not going to drop that many passes. That's just not the guy that he is. He's going to make plays. That being said, that might have worked a season ago. This year, when you look at a team like Baltimore, now not the Bengals, but before Joe Burrow got hurt, even the Buffalo Bills, who I think Josh Allen might be one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL, they still got guys. They still got guys in those positions that are going to be tough to cover, especially for any other secondary. So if you're the Chiefs, I don't know why you didn't do it. I get, listen, Patrick Mahomes is a fantastic player. But everybody needs help in the NFL if you want to win the Super Bowl. It takes more than just one guy. Definitely. Definitely does. But we've seen Mahomes deliver some magic in the past. So they still have a a good shot of making the Super Bowl. It would be great. I'd love to see a rematch between the Eagles and the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. But we'll see how it all plays out. Sticking with that game on Monday night, one last question for you. So what surprised you the most in that second half? The Eagles' defense and what they were able to do in shutting down Mahomes and that offense, or what the offense was able to do after really not doing much the entire game? Definitely the defense for me. And I've said it multiple times when we're on the halftime show as well. Sean Desai is very good at making halftime adjustments. There's only been one or two games this year where he hasn't done that. I didn't expect halftime adjustments to be to stop the best quarterback in the NFL and not allow him to score or get any type of rhythm to score in the second half of a ball game at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Sean Desai has had to deal with a lot this year in the secondary, especially a lot of guys going in and out, a ton of guys playing different positions. And that's not easy even for Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But talk about the other new guys coming in, some of the younger guys having to step up and play those big roles. That all starts with Sean Desai because he's being able to put them in positions where they can be confident. And the fact that he was able to do that and shut out Kansas City at home in the second half was fantastic to me and is exactly what I wanted to see from Sean Desai. Now, on the other side of things, not that I thought the offense was going to do exactly that, but I figured Jalen Hurts some way, somehow, was going to get them back in this game. And somebody asked me during the week before the game, how will the Philadelphia Eagles win? And I said, it will be Jalen Hurts. And that's exactly what happened because this dude is made for the big-time moments. He's going to make fantastic plays, and that's what he did. But I think the offense only happens like that because the defense gives them the confidence but not allowing Kansas City to score and go up the field in the second half. Such a big play by Bradley Roby to punch that ball out of Travis Kelsey. To me, that was the play of the game. I did a video on my Instagram about this yesterday because you look at the moment that that happened. Eagles had just scored to make it a 17-14 game, and Kansas City was driving right down the field. They were on a 12-play drive. They had just converted a fourth and one at the Eagles' 14-yard line, and Bradley Roby, being the veteran that he is, punches that ball out and he's another guy wasn't here to start the season how impressed have you been with Howie Roseman and his ability to just find these guys off the street that can contribute and help out this team 
It's crazy what Howie is able to do. I mean, he is a magician. And in my opinion, he's the best general manager in the NFL. You look at this guy right now and you say, okay, back in the Super Bowl, they got a guy like Jay Ajahi that they were able to bring in. And he really helped them in that Super Bowl push. Now they need defense and they get guys on the defensive side of the ball to bring them in. You get a guy like A.J. Brown, who's absolutely fantastic and clearly don't know what the Italians were thinking, but I'm glad the Eagles were able to get him when they did. I mean, Looking across the NFL, it's complete robbery from Howie Roseman at this point. He's giving up little to nothing for these guys that are really coming in and making an impact. And I just think that Howie, from being a part of this city so long, and I think better than anybody in leadership in the entire city of Philadelphia, he just gets the type of guys that they need in this locker room. He gets the type of guys that they need. Nobody that's going to be selfish. You probably look at Darius Slay and even Brad Berry and you say, okay, are those guys really happy with their performance this year? Are those guys getting happy being moved around and consistently having to deal with the different secondary as leaders? Probably not, but you bring in those guys because they're able to fit into that system. And that's what Howie is so good at doing. Oh, by the way, they're super talented as well and are able to stop Travis Kelsey of all people. So I'm impressed with Howie Roseman. Listen, I didn't like the drafts that he did when they didn't get Justin Jefferson, but he got Jalen Hurts. I didn't understand that. And now I completely have full confidence in Howie Roseman because it's worked out at the end. In Howie, we trust now. Yeah, it wasn't always pretty sure. in the beginning, but in Howie, we trust. Before we switch over to the Sixers, real quickly, big game on Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Buffalo Bills. Do you have any concerns? Short week, coming off an emotional win on Monday night in Kansas City, Thanksgiving tomorrow, 49ers in two weeks. Any concerns that maybe the Eagles on a short week are overlooking this Buffalo Bills team? No, I don't think so, because I still think the Buffalo Bills in the AFC are a true contender. I also think that Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes, and I think that defensive line is going to be able to get a lot more pressure than they did on Pat Mahomes last week. I'm not really worried about the Bills. Plus, it's at home. The link is going to be rocking. I'm more worried about the 49ers. I think that's going to be a tough game coming off a really hard fall battle between the Chiefs, probably the Bills, and then you play San Francisco as well. But if I'm going to be honest with you, I am not worried about the Buffalo Bills whatsoever. And I've really been somebody that's liked watching them. But year after year, I've watched Josh Allen and I say, okay, they lose their games because of Josh Allen. The Philadelphia Eagles do not lose their games because of their quarterback. They win their games because of Jalen Hurts. And that's the biggest difference. I don't think they're going to overlook them at all. Because if you look at the AFC right now, you see the Ravens, you see the Chiefs, and the Bills are right up there with them. So I don't think they're a team that you can overlook at all. I think Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff is going to be ready to go. I also think the biggest thing from last week is that I don't think anybody is super, super happy with how the Eagles played. I think they're very happy they got the win, but there's a lot of things that they have to work on, and I think they're going to go into this week definitely working on those things, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That's been the really nice part about being nine and one and not having played a complete game is it doesn't seem like they're ever satisfied, which is a good thing. They're still trying to get better every single week. And we're going to continue to break down the Buffalo Bills matchup. Actually, not really throughout the week because we're off tomorrow for Thanksgiving, but I'll do it on Friday. But one quick stat that's been crazy is I went back and looked in their six wins. They've only turned the ball over five times and they have 14 takeaways on defense for a turnover differential of plus nine. In their five losses, it's been an identical opposite. 14 turnovers on offense and only five takeaways on defense for a negative nine turnover differential. So we talk about it every week. You got to win the turnover battle. You really need to win the turnover battle against this Buffalo Bills team. 
They absolutely need to, and I think the defense needs to have a performance that they did in the second half of the Chiefs game and the first half of this Bills game because I don't think with Buffalo that you can really allow them to go up and down the field too much. I think it'll be a nightmare for Philadelphia if they do. So Sean Desai really needs to come out big defensively. I want to see a lot of different things, especially with the defensive line. I feel like they gave a lot more pressure towards the end of that game. Also in the beginning when Hassan Reddick already thought, wow, this is going to be a fantastic pressure game, and then all of a sudden they kind of let up. I want to see him bring more and more pressure. I want to see Jordan Davis a little bit more involved. I want to see Jalen Carter. He had a pretty good game last week, but I want to see him have the games that we were used to seeing him have in the beginning of this season. Fletcher Cox played very decent as well. Besides that one big penalty, I know, but at the same time, I feel like he got a lot more snaps than he probably wanted to. So I want to see a little bit more rotation on that line as well. I think you can't let up if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I always think it's true to have halftime adjustments, but I need to see Sean Desai go into this game a little bit more confident in his team and not wait until halftime to really make a switch over. She is Kayla Santiago. I usually bring her on to talk Sixers, but as you could hear, she knows her Eagles as well. So go ahead, hit that like button if you like our Wednesdays with Kayla. We're going to switch gears a little bit now and talk about our Philadelphia 76ers. What happened last night, Kayla? It's rough. It's rough because, you know, before that game, scrolling through everything, kind of just doing my research, and they say if the Pacers lose and the Sixers win, they will make it out of that East Region 1A for the end season tournament. And the Pacers just have been going off like crazy, but the Sixers, there's a lot going on here. I mean, Joel puts up a 30-piece once again, has another double-double. Not being able to close out that game, I think, is very, very tough and makes me worry just a little bit because I think this is the constant reputation the Philadelphia 76ers have. You go late into games, you blame it on the coach, you blame it on Brett Brown, you blame it on Doc Rivers, now you got Nick Nurse. You got to come away with those games. And this is the other thing, and I think we talked about this actually before the Eagles game. Joel Embiid hasn't gotten his rest yet, and he's been consistently on the injury report as questionable with a little bit of left hip soreness. So is he 100% right now? Probably not. Is he playing more because of the in-season tournament and now the new NBA rules? Probably. But at the same time, I don't think that he's fully up to where he wants to be right now. I think he needs to get a little bit of rest, and that could be a big reason why they're just not able to pull out with a win because at the end of the game, you can tell he's not all there. And I think that he just needs a little bit of rest because he's a big fella. He's a guy that you say load management like a Kawhi Leonard that Joel Embiid might need as well. And Sixers have another game tonight, right? Yeah, they do. I mean, the Sixers, listen, they need to bounce back really quick. And Kelly Oubre, the good thing, he could be back as early as next week. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that I think Nick Batum will definitely be a guy that can step up a little bit after he was off. They played the Timberwolves tonight, which I think is a matchup you cannot look over whatsoever. The Timberwolves are a very young, talented team. They're very quick off the ball. I'd be surprised if Joel actually plays in this game. Um, and I only say that because of the battle down low with Cap, but also just the matchup between Anthony Rich or Anthony Edwards, excuse me, and all those guys. It's going to be very, very tough. I think you look at that and you say they have very quick guards that like to go up and down the court. Is this a good game to sit Joel Embiid? It might be. Are they going to do it? I don't really know. Talking 14 games now where Embiid has not sat once. So I've been a little bit surprised about that. They did lose last night, NBA Cup game, most likely eliminated from the in-season tournament. And I said before you came on, and does this make me a bad fan that a part of me is a little bit happy that they are eliminated from the NBA Cup? Because I had the biggest fear that we were going to see Joel Embiid holding up that NBA Cup trophy like they actually won something, 
So I'm a little bit happy that they're eliminated. What's what's Kayla's theory on this? I'd love to see them compete. I don't think you're a bad fan at all because I think if they can't compete in the in-season tournament, that means there's more likely for their stars to get some rest. And that is something that I really, really like because the last thing you want to do is go all the way to the all-star break and have guys that are already bagged up. We saw that a little bit last year overall in the NBA. That being said, I would have loved to seen it, but I would have hated to see them win the in-season cup tournament and then all of a sudden go to the second round and lose once again. My mental health cannot take that whatsoever. So, you know, you look at this in-season tournament and I said it, I think last week or two weeks ago that you look at the teams like the Indiana Pacers and the younger guys and the teams that have younger players, but up and coming superstars. I think those are the teams that are going to win the in-season tournament. For example, the Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, this guy's averaging 30 points per game throughout the season. He's absolutely phenomenal right now. But those are the teams that are going to win this because they don't need to rest their guys. They're young. They're about to get added. That's exactly what they want. For a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't mind them not going all the way there just because this is an opportunity for Joel Embiid to get some rest. Not that he's not playing for anything, but there's a little less pressure for him to go out there and play every single game. Yeah, and last night, Halliburton and the Pacers put up 157. Did you see that game against the Hawks? 157 to 152, over 300 points scored in that game. Yeah, it was crazy, and I love that matchup, and I'm going back and forth saying, okay, are they winning, are they losing, because the Sixers were really pushing last night as well, and then you look at Tyrese Halliburton once again. I mean, this kid is just the real deal. I've been wanting the Philadelphia 76ers to get him for a really long time, and I know it's been a conversation probably more through social media than actually talks with the GM and everything like that, but the Pacers are a very good team. I think they're a scary team, especially if you're going to face them later on in the playoffs or later on in the season. That's a team you're going to have to look out for because they're not going to let up whatsoever. Yeah, they look good. They definitely look good. Beat the beat the Sixers a couple of days ago, or was that last week? I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. when that when that game was. But the Sixers have now dropped three in a row at home. Does that have you concerned a little bit? It's weird because everybody says, "Well, they play better at home," and sometimes they do. But in recent memory, especially last year, they actually had a better road record as well. So. It doesn't really concern me just because everything that's happened early on this season, you know, you have the trade come in. James Harden is out. Kelly Oubre is out for a long period of time. And he was actually really doing well when he was there. He was, you know, pushing for that starting spot, decent perimeter defender, pretty good score, was averaging about 20 points per game. And then Nick Batum, he's a guy that you really want to have in your lineup because you can just pass it out to him, which well needs in a double team. He can go out there and shoot the three. But at the same time, He's been in and out with personal reasons. So I'm not super worried because I feel like consistency-wise, they've just had guys that have been very in and out that they didn't really start the season with. And I think it's think it's going to take a few times for them to gel a little bit more. I hope you're right, because especially <laughs> Me in, too. The, in the NBA, you got to be able to win at home. So but the other positive to them losing and hopefully being eliminated from the NBA Cup is we don't have to look at that red court anymore, Kayla. It's so bad. It's so bad. We were talking about it, I think, on Monday as well. I, it's just an eyesore. I mean, I turn on the TV, and I feel like I'm watching NBA 2K, and that's not how I want to feel when I'm watching an NBA basketball game. I love their court. I love how it is. I was never there in person to see how the court actually looked in person, but I can say on TV, 
I'm glad that we may not have to see it anymore because I don't like the looks of it. I can't stand it. And I wasn't a really huge fan of the NBA in-season tournament anyway to start with. I get why they do it. I think it brings probably a lot more viewership. It's a little bit more competitive. You're seeing guys not sit out as much. I just worry about the injuries surrounding the NBA because last year in the postseason, so many big guys that went down that really cost them the series. At the same time, though, I'm glad that it's almost over and that we won't have to look at that court anymore because it's not really even Sixers colors. I get the team uniforms this year are navy blue, but come on now. That's not what anybody wants to see from the Philadelphia 76ers. I agree. I agree. But now I got a really tough question for you. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Obviously, turkey will be on the table. But what is Kayla Santiago's favorite Thanksgiving dish other than the turkey? Ooh. It's really hard because I go to um, my dad's side of the family for Thanksgiving and we're Puerto Rican. So there's a lot of Puerto Rican dishes on the table, which is absolutely my favorite. So I would say either probably Puerto Rican rice or just a good old stuffing. I really love stuffing. That's always been my favorite. Even like the box stuffing, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It's just something that I love. I'm definitely more of a sides person too during Thanksgiving. It's I get a little bit of turkey and the rest of my plate is filled with sides, which I think is most people. Um, so I'm super excited though. You know, it's good to see the family, uh, everything like that, but then to also just have a full plate of food in front of you after a long day of work Wednesday, and then another day of work on Friday. So I'm excited to have the day just to eat, be surrounded by family and have all my favorite foods in one place. (laughs) It's turning into one of my favorite holidays. Obviously when I was a kid, loved Christmas, you love all the gifts, but as I get older, I'm really starting to appreciate Thanksgiving more and the real RMP checking in, in the chat. Pernil and mofongo, are those Puerto Rican dishes? Um, They are, but my family doesn't make them. My family for Thanksgiving does more of the Puerto Rican rice, colstones, and then panin, which is a Puerto Rican pork, which I rather have over turkey, to be honest. But you do have to have turkey just because it's Thanksgiving. So I'm an Italian family. We used to, we don't do it anymore. Before the turkey would come out, we'd have ravioli. You'd eat so much Ooh. food before the turkey came. So we kind of gotten rid of that. We're actually hosting tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So I'm excited. Kids are excited. So before I let you run, in addition to the food on Thanksgiving, we get some good football on Thanksgiving, usually every year. All three games played tomorrow should have Eagles fans interested. You have the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions, the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Sunday uh, Thursday night game, the 49ers at Seattle. Who are you rooting for in those three games? Well, definitely the Packers, because I think you look at the Lions schedule and are they the most dangerous team in the NFC? Probably not. Are they a talented team this year that's definitely giving people looks? Absolutely. I think the 49ers and the Eagles have a much tougher schedule than the Detroit Lions do. So you look at the Lions and you say, okay, you don't want them to creep up because they're not playing as good teams. So definitely rooting hard for the Packers. I'm always going to root against the Cowboys because that's just in my nature. It's in my blood. I absolutely have to. And, you know, I think the Cowboys are another team in the NFC that you kind of look at the Eagles and Cowboys matchup and you say, okay, they may fall in that game at Dallas just because it's a rival. It's tough to be a team twice in a season. That may be a thing where the Eagles fall. So it'd be better if the Cowboys could fall. So they have a worse record going into that game. But I'm really interested to see the 49ers and the Seahawks matchup because the Eagles play both of these teams. Jason Kelsey, the only team he has not won against in his career is the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm curious to see just how good the Seahawks can do against that 49ers defense. I'm excited to see how San Francisco with his two edge rushers and Nick Bosa and Chase Young that are really going to come out 
finer against Seattle. I think that's a fantastic night game, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think I'm rooting for anybody in that game. I'm just curious to see who the Eagles are going to be playing just in a few weeks throughout the season. Definitely rooting for the Packers, though, so the Lions can fall down a notch, and then I'm always rooting against Dallas. That's, like I said, in my blood, in my nature, it has to happen. I agree with you a thousand percent on all of those. Now, hopefully Geno Smith plays on Thursday night. He said yesterday it's up to Coach Carroll. But yeah, would love to see the Lions get knocked off. Would love, love, love to see the Commanders go into Dallas as 11-point dogs and beat them boys. But I'm rooting for the Seahawks on Thursday night because I do think the 49ers, 7-3, and two games back of the Philadelphia Eagles. You never know what could happen the rest of the way. So I'd like to see them get beat where the Seahawks are 6-4. and But we're going to enjoy it. Kayla, have a great Thanksgiving. Love when you join the show. The chat loves when Kayla joins the show. I will see you on Sunday, Ocean Casino 425 game against the Buffalo Bills. But you have a great Thanksgiving with the family. Thank you. You as well. Happy Thanksgiving. And hope we're talking on Sunday after about our Eagles win. So go Birds. Let's hope so. Kayla Santiago, always love when Kayla joins the show, which is every Wednesday. If you guys like Kayla, you like her insights, go ahead, smash that like button for us. We're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, guys, we'll talk a little bit more about Thanksgiving. I'll give you my favorite Thanksgiving dish, and then we'll end it like we do every show with a little Today in Sports History. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower, 
on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Appreciate all of my Power Hour crew joining us on this Thanksgiving Eve. Just had Kayla Santiago on the show talking a little bit about our favorite Thanksgiving dishes. For me, it is simple. My favorite Thanksgiving dish outside of the turkey, because I do really enjoy the turkey. But for me, it's sweet potatoes. So on my plate, we're going to have both sweet potatoes and regular mashed potatoes with gravy. I like to double down on the potatoes tomorrow, but I do love sweet potatoes. My fiance will make it a little bit healthier than my grandmom used to make it. My grandmom used to make the candied yams with lots of sugar and syrup and all that stuff. I don't even know how she would do it, but they would be so sugary. We'll have it a little bit healthier with my fiance. She's a personal trainer, so she makes sure we eat well. But those sweet potatoes are good. That is my favorite. But let me know in the chat what your favorite Thanksgiving dish is going to be tomorrow outside of the turkey. But I do love me some turkey as well. Stephen Patton would love to see you get a writer for the Flyers on your show. Not a bad idea, Stephen Patton. You know I love my Fly Guys, and they are on a five-game winning streak. Let's hope they could extend it to six games tonight against the Islanders. Colin Ashley, is it odd that my family does both turkey and ham on Thanksgiving? Yeah, Colin, that is odd. See, my family usually reserves ham for Easter, but I can pretty much eat anything. But the one thing I hate is ham. Never liked ham. Always hated that on Easter, my grandma would make ham. Not a huge fan. Jim G likes stuffing. Really can't go wrong with stuffing. Now, some people have been talking about, and I haven't had this before, is oyster stuffing. I've had a few people mention oyster stuffing to me. I like oysters. Never heard of oyster stuffing. So we will see. Chuck Hutton, we sold 14 cases of sweet potatoes at Kroger on Monday. So I will be definitely eating a lot of food tomorrow. Not going anywhere. There is no show tomorrow for Jacob Sports. No Philly Sports Power Hour. No Birds 365. I don't believe any sports take either. We're all taking the holiday to spend with our families. But we will be back here on Friday, and we will break down everything Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills, because this is a big matchup, and this is probably a must-win for the Buffalo Bills, sitting at 6-5, and five, two games behind the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. So this is a very big football game for this Buffalo Bills team, but we'll break all the matchups down on Friday on our football Friday. And I see more people checking in. Brian Davis likes corned beef brisket instead of ham. 
I'll take corned beef brisket over ham. I'm not a big fan of ham. Chuck Hutton, green bean casserole. Jim G, mashed potatoes. Colin Ashley, mashed or baked potatoes. I prefer a mashed potato on Thanksgiving because I like to pour the gravy. Normally, I would go with the baked potato. But on Thanksgiving, got to be mashed potatoes so you could pour that gravy. You make the little hole in it with the with the ladle. Is that what that is? A ladle? <laughs> but, guys, I really do appreciate all of you on this Thanksgiving. We talk about what we are thankful for. I am truly thankful for my Power Hour crew. Anyone who's ever liked, engaged in the chat, shared, I really am thankful as we try to grow this show. So I do appreciate it. Wine Niners Wine is surprised I'm not inviting Power Hour cheerleaders over tomorrow. We got enough people coming, Wine Niners Wine. My fiance already has her hands full preparing this Thanksgiving meal for my big Italian family, or otherwise I would invite everybody. But I am thankful for all of you. We will be back here on Friday. I see Jim G asking. We will be back for our football Friday, 10 o'clock, right here on the Philly Sports Power Hour. But before I let you guys go, we got to end the show like we do every day, which is a little today in sports history. This one's got a little bit of a local flair in it. You'll see when we get there. But on November 22nd, 1945, Cleveland Rams end Jim Benton gained 303 yards in a 28-21 win over the Detroit Lions. That was a single-game record that lasted for almost 40 years. Years, Jim Benton, 303 receiving yards in a single game in 1945. It lasted for 40 years, but then Stefan Page had 309 in 1985, and only four years later, Flipper Anderson set the single season, excuse me, single game record with 336 yards receiving for the Los Angeles Rams against the New Orleans Saints. And the reason why I said it has a little bit of a local flair is Flipper Anderson played his high school ball at Paulsboro High School in South Jersey. Still holds the record for the most receiving yards in a single game. Flipper Anderson with 336. Calvin Johnson almost got him in 2013 against the Cowboys. Calvin Johnson had 329. But Flipper Anderson, local guy, from Paulsboro High School, still holds the record for the most receiving yards. But on Today in History, back in 1945, Jim Benton set the record that lasted almost 40 years. But guys, I do appreciate all of you. Go ahead and hit that like button for me. And if you want more content tomorrow, we will still be bringing our daily social media content at Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram, at Bill Calarulo on Twitter. But everyone have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow with your family. Enjoy it. Enjoy watching this football we have tomorrow. Let's hope the Lions go down, the Cowboys go down, and the 49ers all go down on Thanksgiving Day. But we'll talk about that on Friday as well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'll see you Friday. And as always, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.